Well, good morning. It's good to see you all. I know you're excited about heading into next week because it's Thanksgiving. And so go and eat a lot this weekend in preparing for that. That'd be a great thing, be a great idea. Um, Carl, will you give me just a little bit more on my voice? I'm struggling a little bit at this point. So um, today is the last of our series. It's the ninth week in a nine-week series. And some of you are saying, oh, I'm so glad. I'm ready to get on to something else. Um, But I think God has something for us today as we wrap this series up. And uh, so here's a couple things we're going to do. Here's what, here's what the morning looks like for the next 20 minutes or 30. Be attentive to these things. Um, that, <clears throat> that God cares deeply, that God has expressed His love to us and wants us to experience that love and express it to, back to God. And He wants us to experience His love from each other and express it back to each other. It's both the up relationship and it's the in relationship in the context of community because this letter that John is writing is actually written to a faith community such as us. So imagine John being up here this morning. I'm not John, I won't be John, okay? But imagine him talking to a community of faith such as us, okay? And he writes, it's a letter. Now, from grade school, those of you who have written letters, there's like at least three components to the letter, isn't there? There's the introduction, and then what's next? The body and the closing, right? And so today, uh, we want to look a little bit at uh, kind of the, we're going to jump to the end and look at the closing of, the, of his letter, come back and look at the main pieces in the center of it and uh, see if there might be some things that God would want us to learn together. <clears throat> John was the apostle of love. He was the last of the twelve that were still on earth, alive. And so he's seen a lot of things. I've seen a lot of things. I've taken, you know, it's kind of like the uh, farmer's insurance thing. We've seen a lot of things. We take care of a lot of things. John would be that today, okay? And uh, he's experienced the extravagant love of God. And uh, best demonstrated in God sending Jesus to this, to this earth that we're going we're gonna to celebrate like five weeks from tomorrow. What is that? It's Christmas. Yeah. When heaven comes to earth. Yeah, for sure. The extravagant God, love of God uh, that we can experience and then express it back to God. In 1 John 3, verse 1, if you want to follow along, 1 John's a short letter. I think the 1 John in your red Bible starts, uh, the letter starts at uh, 1117, and the end of it is like 1120. If you follow along, we're going to be bouncing around a little bit. 1 John uh, 3, verse 1, see what the great love the Father has poured out on us, lavished on us, smothered on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. God wants you and I to acknowledge, I am a beloved child of God. Yeah. And that is who I am. And that is who God wants us to be, for sure. For sure. The second thing is like to experience again what it means to experience love from each other and to express it back. 1 John 4, uh, verse 10. This love, it's love. This is love, not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice for our sins. 
He says, dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Yeah, let's pray. God, in the moments ahead, um, whatever that might be distracting us, whatever is on our minds right now, other than what you might want to have us hear, I pray, we could, I pray that we could just turn that loose and solely focus on what you might want us to hear today. We know you're a loving and kind God, and you want good for us. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to listen carefully in the next few minutes because you're going to get to participate, okay? You're part of the teaching today, okay? So um, I'm going to start over here. I like continuums. I'm going to start over here on this side of the stage. This side of the stage represents a place where love for God was experienced and expressed and love for others uh, around us was experienced and expressed, I grew up in a family of eight. I have two sisters and, and five brothers. There's eight of us. Okay? My family is not perfect, for sure, nor am I. But I grew up in a family that experienced God's love and loved God back. Every morning at breakfast, as long back as I can remember, my mom would reach back, pull the Bible off the shelf, and her or my dad would read a devotional every morning. Now, you can imagine the whole group of us around the table getting ready for school. Nothing quite fits right. And we're kicking underneath the, underneath the table. And one time, my brother hooked onto the younger brother underneath the table and pulled him underneath the table during the devotions. That's how kind of chaotic it was. But still, it was expressed there, you know? We knew that we were loved, all right? Um, but a quarter of a mile away on this end of the continuum, also lived a family of eight. Okay? Eight siblings. They were a little older than us, but we grew up with them. And, it, and they didn't grow up experiencing God's love or seeing it expressed. They didn't grow up hearing God's love expressed to them and receiving that and expressing it back. We would go down and play at their house as kids on bicycles. Their dad, who was a corporate executive in Indianapolis, Indiana, which is about as far, we live about as far from here to Wichita, from Indianapolis. When he'd come home in the evening, a quarter of a mile away at our place, I can still hear him yelling. I could give you that sound. When we were there as kids on bicycles playing, when we heard him start yelling, and the only time, and many times when God's name was used, it was in that context, to, in demeaning ways we would jump on our bicycles and run for home because we never heard that kind of language. Now, I would expect that most of us are somewhere in between here and many of us on this end, but I'm not going to assume that we've grown up in a setting where God was experienced and expressed, God's love was experienced and expressed back to God and God's love was, was experienced and expressed to us which is actually part of our vision statement, by the way. Our vision statement is to be disciples who make disciples, and it's in three dimensions. It's in our love for God this way. It's called up, and it's in community this way, and then it's out, outside, where we live, work, and play. Well, this letter of John is is about the up, our relationship with God, and our relationship inside the family, biological, and the community of faith family. <clears throat> on this side of the room, 
But we were involved in a community of faith, went to church, and God was a big part of our life. On that side, it was maybe Christmas and Easter and maybe VBS. Um, And I'll share more of the story as it turns out, as we fast forward 50 to 70 years later now, at the end. This is where you get to participate though, okay? In your bulletin you have a piece of paper that looks like this and the ushers uh, back there have extra pieces. If you didn't get a bulletin uh, don't have this piece of paper. Raise your hand. I think there's some in the basket over there. Extra pieces. Raise your hand. They'll bring you this piece of paper. This is a way for all of us to participate. So um, it's, it'll be fun for us and it's a good thing for us. So here's what here's Here's what, the, here's what you need to put on the paper. I'm going to start a sentence and you get to finish it. I feel loved and valued when? I feel loved and valued when? I'll give you a little example. So, uh, to Kathy, my wife, I would say, I feel loved and valued when she says, Howard, I love you. Or, Howard, good job in doing something at home. Or do good job in, in doing something here, uh, church-related. And Kathy might say, Howard, I feel loved and valued when you bring me a fresh cup of coffee before I get, before I get out of bed. And don't prank me early in the morning. You can talk to her about that, okay? She has some stories about that. Um, so I'd like to fill those out, pass them to the center aisle, and here's what's going to happen. Don't put your name on them. Put Eric's name on. No, don't. Um, and Usher's going to pick those up and give those to Pastor Eric. And he's going to read those back as part of our worship at the end. Because here's the deal. I know what it feels like to be valued and loved. I know what I need. But I don't know what the rest of us do. But this is a way for us to hear that expression in a gathering such as this. And I believe God wants us to hear that. Yeah. I feel loved and valued when... Write something down. There's no wrong answers here. It's yours. It's yours. Okay. We're going to go on. We're going to fast forward through this letter uh, and go to the end of uh, Paul's letter. Chapter 5. It's, I think it's on page 1120. And, um, and he has some things that he wants to say to us that's kind of a caution. Okay? Um, and he says, um, I write these things, verse 13. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you uh, may know that you have eternal life. life. John is saying, my purpose for writing is so that you understand clearly that I love God. This is God who loved the world so much that I sent Jesus, whose birthday we're going to celebrate five weeks from tomorrow, again when heaven comes to earth, and my love is going to be demonstrated in how Jesus gives his life, shows us how to live and to love, and demonstrates sacrificial love right here. Yeah, that's the most important piece. And then what does it look like around us? That's John's purpose for writing the letter. He's kind of calling that up in verse 13. And then he uses the term, if you look at verse 18, 19, and 20 of 1 John 5, he starts with the same two words. We know. We know. Now when somebody says, we know, what does that mean? Well, that means that there's something that's happened that I know to be true that maybe I'm being reminded of. Yeah. 
in our household, we know that somebody should get the mail. We know that the trash needs to be taped out, taken out. We know that when the gauge on the fuel is on E, we know it's time to go to the filling station. And when we're driving, but sometimes we might need to be reminded when we're driving, and we look at that gauge and that light's blinking, which says you're running on fumes, you might need to head toward the quick shop. So when you hear John say, we know, uh, he's reminding them uh, this community of faith, such as uh, things they already kind of knew. But guess what happens? Our passion for the love of God and our passion for the love for each other, experienced and expressed, leaks. Just put that in your head and your heart. And just as we need regular infusions of nutrition to keep our physical body in good repair and whole, we need regular infusions of spiritual nutrition as we gather as a whole body, as we gather in small groups, missional communities, and Sunday school classes where we can grow and know without a shadow of a doubt that we are loved by God and we're loved by people around us. That's huge. I think that's what John wanted us to hear at the end, except there's one last little verse, verse 21. It's really short. And he says this. Children, he's talking to this community of faith. He says, uh, keep yourself from idols. Oh, thank you, John, because we're in the 21st century here. It's like, we don't have idols. Come on. Get up to date. What was keeping God's people a kind of taking them off track and causing their passion for God to kind of get diluted was people who were rising up and saying, is Jesus really God's son? He couldn't be both fully human and fully spirit. No, 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 no. No, that's not, how could that be? No, no, no. That, so it's false teaching. It's what John is kind of writing in, into. And he said, and, and, and he, he, he's saying, we know about imitations versus what is real. He's telling the community of faith, we know that, but sometimes, due to circumstances, what, for whatever reason, I get pulled off, and you get pulled off. There's been times in my life, I have an accountability team, and one of them's in this audience, who looked at me and said, so Howard, what's really going on? You don't have shining eyes. Well, you kind of bristle and you say, is it that obvious? And I realized that some things weren't, that I was struggling with some things. But we need people around us that can ask us those questions. All of us do. To keep this love experienced and expressed for God and experienced and expressed for each other. So if we were God and we wanted to demonstrate to all human, all the people in all the places of all the world, who we really, who God really was. What would we do? Well, one thing that, you, that God did is He created all things. So we look in the creation, and there's not much I could ask questions we could all answer. In the creation of God outside, what reminds you most of God? Sunrises, sunsets, mountains, snow, all these kinds of things, water, whatever it might be. But it doesn't really, those things in creation don't really give us a caric- the caricature of God's love, does it? No, it does, they don't. 
God also revealed himself in another way, in the book we call the Bible. And that's the story of God. His creation, humanity making a choice to step and do it their way, Genesis 3, and the rest of the story, my friends, from Genesis 3 to maps, is God trying to create a relationship with us. And he still is. And he still is. And we can say, well, Howard, so what? Um, John, go on, because we don't have idols like that today. And I think John was taking us back um, to the Old Testament Ten Commandments when he's thinking this, because he knew the Old Testament story. The very first command is, you shall have no other, no other gods before me. The second one is, you can't make for yourself any images of God, because I am God. I think John was thinking that when he was saying, be careful, keep yourself from idols. Hmm. I believe that John is saying, beware, Satan will use even something good to take us away from the best. It can be our, it can be goals we have in life, it can be sports, it can be our work, it can be possessions, it can be, you name anything, hobbies, occupations, it's anything that takes us away from our full devotion on who God is and God's love for us and love for each other. And if I, all, I, all you heard me talk about was my job and all you heard me talk about is maybe where I'm going on vacation and you never heard me or saw me or experienced the expression of God's love in my life, you would ask the question, Howard, what's number one? And you should. I would invite that, for sure. An old songwriter writes in an old hymn, a, line, a couple lines I think, I think it's really good. He says, he says it this way, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Wow. We're prone to do that. Passion leaks unless we have regular infusions of spiritual things that can keep us in an understanding of the experience of experiencing God and expressing God and experiencing love from others and expressing that as well. <clears throat> but Howard, come on, there's a lot of different ways to God. Look at all the different ways in our world. Listen, just watch and read. You're pretty narrow when you just talk about one way. Come on. Does it really make a difference what a person believes to be true? As long as I'm sincere, I'll answer you with some questions, okay? Does it make a difference what the pharmacist knows to be true when he's filling out your prescription? Does it make a difference what the surgeon knows to be true when he's going to put in your knee joint and accidentally gets a shoulder joint? Oh, wow, that's not so good. Uh, does it make a difference that the airline, what the airline pilot knows to be true when you crawl in the plane? Last Friday we were flying to, do, uh, to work with some of the churches um, in New York that are in the revived ministry that you all have helped start. And we were sitting in Chicago. We sat in the plane a little bit, going to Rochester, New York, and the pilot comes on and goes like, we're experiencing some radio difficulties. We'll be fixed in 30 minutes, 40 minutes. 45 minutes. You're all going to have to deboard and board another plane. I was glad he knew what was true about flying that plane. We could still be circling. Yeah. 
Because if, if you don't know how to read the gauges in a plane, yeah, you don't know where any landing place will do or no landing place. Yeah. So anyway, just consider those kinds of things. When, and I think that's what John was saying. Be careful with whatever pulls you away. There are a lot of imitations and artificial versions of what is real. And we need God to help us, and we need each other to determine that, to ask each other questions. I need you to ask me questions, and I might want to ask you questions about what is real, and how's that going for each other? As we focus back to the center of the letter, of of John's letter in 1 John 3 and 4, right in the middle, chapter 4, is where John goes all out in verses like, 7 to 21, 28 different times he talks about love. Because that was his highest value for us to experience God's love. And he says this. What do we know true? And so we ask ourselves, so what do we know to be true about God's love? Dear friends, he said, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves God has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love God does not know God because of what? God is love. Wow. This is how God showed His love to us. He sent His one and only Son to the world that we might live through Him. This is love, not that we love God, but that God loved us. Wow. And sent His Son as a sacrifice for our sins. And the, and the visual of that in the Christian church today is the cross. Ultimate sacrifice. Always will be. Always will be. God is Love. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is love. Yeah. Tell the neighbor on the other side, God loves you. Yeah. It's okay for us to express that. It's okay. With deep love, I think John shared this with the community of faith that he was a part of. With deep love, he warned them, be careful of getting pulled off by other things. He called it idols. What would he say to us in the 21st century? What would he say? I think with deep love, he might say, be cautious in the 21st century culture that you're in about a term that Pastor Eric used in some of these series, whateverism. Remember that? Tolerance. Remember that? Oh, we're all just, we, we just do whatever you want to do. I'll do whatever I want to do. It's kind of like a, you know, religion is like a buffet. We can pick and choose to put it together what we, how we want it. That's this whateverism and tolerance. I think there's two other pieces in our world that pull us away. It's busyness slash consumerism. Just to beware of that. To beware of that. But John describes in the letter, to know God is to accept the love of God through Jesus. It's not knowledge about God. I can memorize the Bible story, but if I have not invited God into my life and experienced His love through Jesus, I'm just full of knowledge lost. Does that make sense? I'm a walking lost person, for sure. But when we confess our sin, he talks about in 1 John 1, 8, 9, he says, if we say we don't have any sin, or there's no need to do any confessions, no, it's not important, we're fooling ourselves. But when we do confess, God is always saying, just come home. It's never, I told you so. God never does it that way for us. It's always like, just come home. 
Just come home. I offer you forgiveness, peace of heart and mind. And it won't be difficult. It won't be difficult. Abraham Lincoln writes about confession, one of our presidents early on. Listen to these words. I think they're kind of profound, both for for the nation and for us personally. It's the duty of nations as well as men and women to, to confess our sins and transgressions in humble sorrow. Then the finish is this. Yet with assured hope that genuine repentance leads us to mercy and pardon. When we come and confess where we've gotten off, God remembers it no more if we're serious about that. And guess what? Jesus knew, John knew, that in this life we're going to get pulled off. Jesus experienced that in a deep way from one of his 12, remember? One of them sold him out. His name was Judas. So if we don't think we can get pulled off, here's a guy who was with Jesus all the time for three years. How could he get pulled off? Just as easy as we can get pulled off. When something else gets in the way of keeping God in the most important spot in our lives, we will get pulled off. So what do we know about what's true about loving each other? These are, those were some expressions of how we experience God's love. What about loving each other? In 1 John four eleven, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we should love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and His love is made complete in us. And we, Jesus, again, God's expression of love through Jesus is sacrificial, unselfish, and complete. For sure, the cross is that example. In 1 John uh, 3.16, also, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for all of us. And then the next line, and we ought to lay down our lives for each other. Oh, Howard, that's a hard part. That's the hard part. I'm not sure I can do that. Jesus says in another place in His gospel, greater love is no one than this but to lay down your life for a friend. Some of you are right now walking with family or walking with friends or walking with people in this community of faith that are going through hard times, emotionally, physically, relationally, spiritually, because we all will go through those hard times. But when we're close in relationships, when we're maybe even gathered in smaller groups outside of this group, maybe in a missional community, a small group, or a Sunday school class, then we're closer enough to people that people might be able to read us. And some of us don't like that. And so it's like, well, I, it's like, I might even go to another church because people are getting too close to me. And John would say, that's what it means to be in the community of faith where love is experienced from each other and expressed back toward each other. And if we care enough for each other, we're going to see it in our eyes as some brothers did for me and say, Howard, you don't have shining eyes today. Uh, We need that kind of thing for each other. John, or Paul writes then in, the, in his letters later some description. And so listen to these descriptions of what lo- love looks like in practical ways. This is for all ages. Here's what he said. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It does not boast. Love is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. 
It is not easily angered. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. This is not just our flippant kind of love that we read and see on our glowing rectangles. It is agape kind of love, self-giving love, committed kind of love. That's it. It's the kind of love that has some of, some of this family of God who took off time a few weeks back, took, took vacation to prepare for the turkey dinner out at Yoder to create resources for mission in the community. It's some of you who took time off this week to prepare for a memorial service for Gary Poulton on Friday here, previous owner of Hog Wild. Technology things and all the setup. Why do we do that? Because it's an expression of God's love in us this way. Both to the family of faith and to whoever enters our doors. Wow. The real test is how we treat the people right in front of us. And John says, then what does love look like on display? And listen to this. He says, if we say we love God, yet we hate somebody in the community of faith, a brother or sister, he says we're lying. Because if we do not love fellow believers whom we have seen, we can't love God who we haven't seen. So he would say this to people, maybe in that context that he's writing in, and some of the commentary writers would say, John was writing to some people who would say, I, I love God, just listen to my expression of God over on the side. They're talking about people in the community of faith in demeaning ways. And John is saying, how can you talk about people created in the image of God who are visible representatives of God right here? How can you not love them? You can't love them. If you can't love them, you can't love an invisible God. (laughs) That's what he says. Right. Can we be a community of faith that encourages our expressions of God's love to us, the receiving of that, the expressing of that, and and the experience of loving each other and feeling that love come and experiencing that love toward us. Now I want to talk to you about the rest of the story of these two families. On this side of the the continuum, remember it's, it's a family of eight kids that I grew up in, very imperfect, If you don't believe it, ask the lady on the front row on that side. She knows. But today, um, all eight of us are in families yet. Um, All eight of us are trying as best we can in imperfect ways to live out what we were handed. Uh, And God gives grace to wherever we find ourselves. But we're trying as best we can to demonstrate God's love to us. Uh, and God's love to uh, our families and in the community of faith. On the other side, now we're talking about families, members now, that, that this family is a little bit older generation than ours because the oldest son was a senior when I started school. But they're now, we're now from our 50s to our 80s. And on this side, seven of the eight are living by themselves but they had previously been married. Three have passed away. Two, because of life choices. And recently, the oldest son wrote a book 
about growing up in the community. And here's what he said. He takes the community to task. He said, you knew we were being mistreated and you didn't do anything. And he even calls out the church I grew up in. Names it in the book. And I just realized in his writing of that book, you all, he's still crying out for God's love. That he's never heard and experienced this way or heard expressed and experienced this way. So I found out he wrote a book about that. So I asked my sister, get his phone number. I want to talk to him. Now, he and I haven't talked for 40 years. And we didn't have much in common because he's quite a bit older. He's living on a hillside in Brown County in the trees, secluded by himself today. But I got his name. And I called him Monday night. And I said, told him who I was. This is Howard. You remember me? Yeah, I do. I said, I heard you wrote a book. Yeah, I did. And I said, tell me a little about the book. And here's what he said. When I was a kid of six or seven, and went to VBS, and then he named our church. At that time, in the, in the, in the, in the community of faith, for some reason, uh, some of you older people would recognize that, that there was an awful lot talked about to fear God mean to be scared of God rather than reverence for God, and that if you didn't turn from your sin, you were going to burn in hell fire. He said, as a six-year-old boy, I'd never heard anything like that. And I had nightmares. You know what I told him? Two words. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And those are the words I would tell to any of you today who have never heard God's love expressed or experienced in your, in your life. You would find life more on this end of the continuum Three words for you. God loves you. And no one can take that away. No one. In this community of faith here at Journey, we want to be a group of people that are, and, and we're all imperfect, who demonstrate th- this, I, this whole thing of experiencing God's love and expressing it. That's who we want to be. Whomever comes in the door, And that's you, and that's you, and that's me. We all need it. We all need it. The last line in your bulletin are three things for you to remember in reflection today. God loves you. Stay close to God's love. Love others as God loves you. Now the response today, praise team can come up. And they're going to lead us in a response song. And at the end of that song, we're all going to stand, but at the end of that song, here's what's going to happen. Pastor Eric's going to come and read while the instruments play under. He's going to come and read back to us what we have written down. I feel loved and valued when. And I just want you to just listen This is us, and this is what we all need from each other and from God. Stand as we sing.